Are you ready for this? Your boys are back. Show dog. It's WrestleMania 15. <laughs> Main event, The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Gola. Whitey, again, that motherfucker just hit a third. Suck my dick, New York. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, holy fuck, that guy hit some tanks, baby. And KG. It's, it's tough. As I, can, I, don't, I don't know. I don't even know. I'm sorry. I just got worked up about Girardi. I fucking hate the guy. <laughs> Bringing you hot take after hot take. It's BDB. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 39 of BDB. As you guys can hear, we have uh, this is Gola doing the intro tonight because the Antonio Brown of the podcast is at dinner. Um, so what we weren't informed. We, we weren't informed till about 25 minutes ago that that, uh, that Antonio Brown was um, saluting dinner. So uh, Kevin and I are jumping on. We're gonna get this get this thing started, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, Troy will jump on here at some point. But, Who the uh, fuck we'll eats see. dinner at 9 p.m.? Who eats dinner that late? I have no idea. I'm like, I don't know how you eat dinner that late because like I'm usually ready for bed. I was saying this to you earlier because yeah, Kevin and I and our, our wives and our kids are going on a little camping trip this weekend up to Acadia and uh, we're, we called the FaceTime plan meals and stuff. And I was like saying how I took, I put my son down at seven and I'm like, every night I do that. I'm like contemplating going to sleep and going to bed with him after I put him down. So Eating at eating at nine is just ridiculous. But. That is a very late dinner. I mean, I feel like we usually dinner like five thirty six. Yeah. So but. we Lynn and I, when Lynn was in the office, we used to eat a lot later because like she never got out of work till five. By the time she got home, so it was yeah, usually yeah. between like closer to seven. But with her working from home, it's like we start dinner, you know, four thirty. We're eating by usually six at the very latest if something comes up. But um, other than that, it's like nine o'clock. I can't even imagine. Just wild. Well, that's where the show is at. Um, so I, we touched base last Wednesday that we had a uh, scramble coming up. Um, but it was a pretty good turnout. It was actually a pretty good day. I don't really know. I don't think anybody ever come out and said how much money they raised for the um, recovery center. But I know that there was a, it was a pile of teams there, and it seemed like everybody was uh, spending money to uh, to benefit it. So it was that that was a good thing. I mean, it was a great day. I feel like the weather was perfect. Um, yep. Had a little black flies in the morning, but those didn't seem those seemed like they kind of passed as the day went on. But yeah, weather was great. I feel like our vibe was great all day long. Like we we shot what eleven under. I think 11. the winner was fifteen under. So obviously yeah. didn't win, but I feel like we had like good vibes all day, and it was it was just yeah. a cool. It's a fu- it's fun. It's fun to play golf and scrambles when like everyone's getting along and everyone's just like it's. Yeah. You know the vibes are up. It's, it's hard to beat and it was that. one of those. I was gonna say it's one of those things too, where like I played in scrambles before, where you have like one or two guys, and they're the only ones that are like doing anything. But I feel like Sunday, like everybody contributed at least a little bit. And uh, yeah, we you know we were eleven under. We finished like I said four off. Kevin said four off the lead, and I actually think that we we left some shots out there. I mean there was. So the course we were playing is a uh, nine-hole course here in kind of one of in my hometown, Mexico. But um, and so we're on the front, uh, both the front and the back on hole number three and hole number nine. They're both par fours. Uh, we had like 
one ten or less going into on our second shots, and I think out of the sixteen shots we took, I think we put one ball on the green from one ten. Yeah. It was pathetic. Like was I don't rough. know what it is about those those two holes, but they they just kind of ate our lunch. Um, so we we definitely left some out there, but it was uh it was a good day. I think one of the coolest things about the scramble and it was the first time I've had this happen is they had a DJ there with a bunch of speakers just blaring music the whole time. And like, it's, it's not a huge course. Mm -hmm. So pretty much wherever you were on the golf course, you could just hear music like playing. So that was, that was a cool dynamic. It was, it was something I had never experienced before other than like our own, you know, Bluetooth speakers. But, um, that was pretty cool. I wonder if any of the, uh, old timers hated it. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I can't imagine they did. Maybe at a scramble, like, like they're at a scramble, probably like your attitude's different than if you were up there playing like in a, you know, a ball yeah. tournament or something like that. But I will, I, I do want to bitch and vent here for a second. And I, I, I kind of did this a little bit on Sunday, but I wasn't going to go too far because the guy who won it. So they had some competitions closest to the pin, closest to the line. First of all, can we talk about the fact on the closest to the line, they gave out like rounds of golf to York Country Club and a fucking Scotty Cameron putter. Did there they like really? There was a score. Oh, you weren't there, were you? No, I left early. So, dude, they they legitimately gave out like I'm pretty sure York Country Club, and I don't know what the association is from York didn't, to like. Didn't Keith win that? No, closest in line was a woman. Oh. Some lady, but it was I'm pretty sure four rounds of 18 in a card at York Country Club and a brand new Scotty Cameron putter. It had to been a thousand dollar like prize. Wow. Anyways, I was like, holy shit. But anyways, so they do closest to the pin, uh, uh, closest to the line in the longest drive. So our front nine, we get up and we get to number six, which is where the longest drive was. And I fucking melt one kind of left center, rolls up, get up there, longest drive of the day so far. I'm like, okay, but I know there's some guys that can hit the ball far. So I'm like, it may not hold up. Well, we come back around and we had like, we get there and I, I noticed that two 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 individuals had passed me. But the thing that irritated me is that I had my drive from the white tees, which were back. Mm-hmm. These two individuals had their drive from the blue tees, which was like 20 yards ahead of them. Yeah. And they only had me by five yards. So it's like, to me, it's kind of bullshit that they, yeah. they won the long drive. Cause it, but I just had to yeah. talk about it and kind of like brag about it a little bit. I feel like before the tournament started, they even said some rules about shit like that, but I don't think people listened. And um, I think that might be, I don't know if that's more on like the, uh, the, the club pro there. I feel like he should have gone around after yeah. the, after everyone was done their front nine and just picked up the, um, those measurements, you know what I mean? Just grabbed them then because yeah. when you leave them out there, it's just, it's just allowing people to, to bend the rules so especially on the on the longest drive i think that one's like the biggest one because you like i said it's like yeah the closest to the pin like didn't i mean you went from a 235 yards to like 215 so yeah not a huge difference but and closest to the line long, doesn't matter but like long drive that matters big time yeah i think yeah but it was a good day uh, like you said it was the weather was perfect um yeah I got to imagine the prizes they give out, like, are, I would hope they're donated. I think so. Because that I think most of the time those things are. Okay. Yeah, uh, no, and I think, yeah, no, I think them, those are all donations, I would imagine. I wonder how they go about getting, like, those nice 
nice country, nice golf courses to like donate and stuff like that. It's got to be somebody like affiliated with the area somehow or like, friend, you know what I mean? Because like, it, they always seem so random. It's not mm. like you go, it's not like it's like the Bethlehem did donate some, like that was one of the prizes. I think who you made, oh no, Nap. I think Pat Nap won who won the long drive, which is a friend of mine. So that's why I wasn't as pissed off. Cause it was, what him. did he win? Uh, it was four rounds, 18 holes in a card at the Bethlehem. Yeah. So, and I think maybe a hat. So, but I mean, I think like it's so always so random because it's ne- it's never like Bethlehem, like Wilson, like or even Oakdale. It's like like I won it the closest to the pin one time, and it was like Webb Hannett, which is in Kennebunk, and I'm like, what the fuck is like, what does Webb Hannett have to do with this golf course? So it's is that random. is that what you won when we won that tournament that time? Yeah, the closest to the pin on three. Yeah. Didn't us four all win around somewhere too when we won the thing? I don't remember. No. Yeah. For some reason, I thought we got like Old Marsh and never ended up using it or something, or I gave it to someone. I don't it know. could no, it could have been the Web Hannett one, and I said we should all go. We just never figured out a time to go. Yeah, maybe. Because that's in Canada. I mean, I I don't. Might really have been remember, that, yeah. But um. No, it was a good day though. Um, the f- crazy thing. So, correct me if I'm wrong in this. I think it was like two hundred and eighty dollars for an entire team to play, right? Something like that. Seventy, yep, seventy a person, yeah. And that, I mean, that also goes into into play because Oakdale's fairly cheap to play, anyways. So that's part of it. But um, I was talking to someone, and every year they play in the it's like the Barbara Bush, you know, cancer, can, mm-hmm. cancer. God, that's a fucking main yeah. Cancer. Cancer. Uh, Barbara Bush tournament, and I think it's maybe Booth Bay Country Club, which obviously is like way better than Oakdale, way more expensive than Oakdale, and all that. And I understand yeah. that, but it's usually uh, companies will put teams into this because it's $5,000 a team to join. Holy fuck. So when you think about when they have like an 18 hole course, you can usually get about 36, you know, 36 teams on there. Yeah. 36 times five grand. It's like, they're pulling in a decent amount just on the end of money. And then I'm sure they have going on. Right. You have like the raffles and like the, like the, like that one on number four, where you bet $5, you hit the green, you get 10. Mm -hmm shit like that yeah no they probably bring in quite a bit of money so my company puts two teams in so they front 10 grand i was trying to see if i can get on one of those foursomes but i don't, <laughs> I don't think they made the cut well you got a connection you should be able to figure something out i just don't think i'm good enough at golf so <laughs> that goes a long uh, ways but no it was a good day yeah it was a good one i got a, got another scramble coming up here and i'm doing the week and a half and um swapping out the fagola boys for a couple old men so we'll see how that goes <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, scrambles are fun. But um, this week's actually been pretty busy with sports, man. I mean, I feel like with football ramping up, and then we had the trade deadline, which we're going to get into here pretty quick. And then, um, you know, I don't know if we'll touch base on it or not, but the Deshaun Watson news come out. Um, we'll probably touch base on that at some point. But um, trade deadline, man. So your Yanks made, made a couple moves. Um, they did. They certainly did. Some that are bigger than others. I mean, obviously, the big one being uh, the fact that they got uh, Frankie Montas and Lou Trevino from the A's for what I have read from everybody, a very light, light package. Um, I think Waldachuk is the only guy I knew that they got rid of in that deal. I think Waldachuk's the only guy I knew they traded. Yep. I think he's the only guy I really knew that they traded, like, this entire trade deadline, you know, last week or so. Well, other than Montgomery, probably. Oh yeah, yeah. The only prospect that I that I knew. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think 
I, I think the Montas thing is obviously huge. <laughs> it's kind of silly, though. I think maybe one of the biggest things is getting rid of Gallo, honestly. Just getting rid of him. <laughs> Probably was. Because he's one of those players where you can't send him to the minors. It's just like, I don't even know if it's right. in his contract. can't go to the minors. You just, and you can't play the guy. So he's just eating up a spot on your bench. And he just, he, they just, I thought for sure when they got this guy, it was going to work out. Like he had the prototypical, like, like pull swing right down the right field line, that short porch Yankee stadium. I thought he was going to just absolutely rake there, especially like in that lineup. And it just doesn't work out. I don't know if it's more of, he got lucky like a couple seasons in Texas or right. if it's like, he just doesn't perform on the big stage. You know what I mean? And, but uh, yeah, no, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm pumped about him. It's weird seeing Ben attendee in a Yankee uniform. I think. I uh, haven't seen it yet. I mean, obviously it was weird, like knowing that he was going to get traded, but I hadn't, I haven't seen him in the uniform yet. So I'm sure the first time I do want to be like, that doesn't seem right to me, but um, he, he's no, I one, mean, I one, think, one thing about, he's always had like longer hair, hasn't he? Well, he, well, he always did in Boston. I, I think he, when he went to Kansas City, I thought it was like trimmed a little bit more. Um, but I, I, I mean, he plays for the Royals, so I really don't see him yeah, play all yeah. that much either. Because I just saw a picture um, of him, and it doesn't even look like him. You know, it does. No, I wouldn't even guess it was Ben Tendi, but yeah. I. So I, the one I, correct me if I'm wrong. I just don't the the Jordan Montgomery deal doesn't. I don't understand that one from a Yankee standpoint. Uh, I understand they they just made the deal for Montas, but he's also like, is he has he, do we know when he's gonna pitch yet? Because he's been injured this this so far this year, and they just put Severino on the 60 day DL. It just seems like an like for a team that is you can never have too much pitch, pitching going to late into the season and into October. It seems like a very odd deal to me for basically a guy in Bader where I mean he's pretty much a defensive guy with some speed. I mean, he doesn't provide a ton of much else, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It just seemed like an odd deal to me because it's not like Montgomery was like pitching bad for them. So I don't, um, I don't know. I just found it strange. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do know that like Bader is like known as like maybe the best defensive center fielder in all of baseball. Um, I would always take hitting over defense like any day of the week. So, I mean, that's, that's tough, but like, that's still nice to have come playoff time. I think defense always wins. So, uh, is Montas really hurt? I thought I saw he was maybe pitching like maybe this weekend or Monday. Well, he was hurt for a little while. I thought, I thought he was, um, Oh, like I thought he missed a start or two for, for Oakland, but I, maybe I'm wrong. I, I could be thinking of somebody else. Oh, okay. So he's out right now, but he's on he's on bereavement uh, leave, I think, right now. He's got like yeah, an I, injury. I think... He's got an injury thing next to his name. Um... Yeah, but I hold on. I thought I'm, I mean, I'm, this is great podcasting because we're just like looking on the on the uh, on fan tracks. So that's where I'm at right now. I mean, he pitched July 26. He pitched July 21st. So. Oh, so it says yeah. here it says athletics for his shoulder will start. So he had like inflamed shoulder. So it was just like they said it was just general soreness. But, yeah. Um. I yeah, mean, I if, mean, if if you give me Jordan Montgomery or Frankie Montas, I'm taking Frankie Montas any day of the week. Uh, no, for sure. And then. Like they got rid of Joey Gallo, and now they got Harrison Bader. I'd much rather have Bader and just like try that try that out yep. and if he sucks hitting like you can put him in late in games for defense i mean 
it is it is a little odd, I guess, but I would much rather have Montas than Montgomery. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny that we kind of buried the lead here with me asking you how what you thought of the Yankees, what the Yankees did, and then like we had arguably the biggest trade in Major League Baseball history happen mm-hmm. um, yesterday yep. with with Soto actually getting traded to San Diego for a glutton of pro, well Soto and Josh Bell for yeah. a, for a glutton of prospects. Um, it's just crazy, man. Like, it's a no-brainer, I think, for San Diego. And I think Love it was it. a no-brainer for both teams. They kind of had to do it. Um, but let me let me ask you this. and I wouldn't – I think their intention is making this trade to sign him. But he's not a free agent for two and a half years. So yep. he got – the, the, the Nationals offered him 450 Two years from now, that's – that's over five. Yep. If he if he continues to produce the way he is, I mean, it would not surprise me one bit as if two years from now, Soto is signs with the Dodgers, the Yankees, or something. Because you got to think of the money. Yeah. The money, I can't. What was the contract they off? They got gave to Tees. That was over three hundred million, right? Fourteen years, three hundred and forty million, and then Machado yeah. got ten years, three hundred million. So they had two guys that are already over three. Now they got, you know, they just signed Musgrove to a really friendly contract, five for one hundred. Yeah. But I mean, you're talking four, three guys that could be over a billy combined, mm-hmm. yeah. which is so. I mean, Easy. now granted, if San, if San Diego goes on to win the World Series, one of like the next three years, I don't think they give a fuck. Truthfully. <laughs> Do you think that I mean, changes their? Do you think that changes their attitude on re-signing him? Like, if they win one with him now, do you think they say like, "Oh, we we don't need to sign him anymore. We get a World Series." No, I, I don't. I I still think you try to sign him because I think he's a generational talent. Yeah. But I think if like say they win this year or next year, and Soto's like, "I want to test free agency," I think they're gonna make a strong bid for him. But I think they're like, "Listen, we kind of accomplished what we wanted to. We still want to keep him because we want to continue to win." But mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they necessarily would be like crushed if, if it doesn't happen i mean i know they just pillaged their entire farm or see this is another thing say they win it this year or next year who was to say the off season they don't just say fuck it we're gonna trade them and try to gain some prospects back yeah they could it's i guess right? hypoth- it's a bunch yeah. of hypotheticals but really at the end of the day san diego's all in they traded for him they traded for hater which is a big pickup they traded for Brandon Drury, who's having a career year. So mm-hmm. the NL, especially the NLS, is going to be a lot of fucking fun uh, the yeah. next two months, month and a half. I mean, you talked about Josh Bell, but it's like if this team, like this team's getting Tatis back maybe next week. So if they just right. stood pat, like they're, they're in the playoffs right now. They're in, a, they're in the last wild card spot already. So if they just stood pat, didn't do anything, and then Tatis comes back, it's like this team is still a playoff team, right? Right. Then they go out. Let's just say they go out and only get Josh Bell. It's like, well, now this team is like a hundred percent a playoff team. Just that one move, right? Right. And then they go out and they maybe get the best closer in all of baseball. I know he's had a little rough start, a couple starts here and there, but like, they get the best closer in baseball. I think any any team would take Josh Hader over any of their closers. I think. Probably. I think Hader is filthy. And then Brendan Drury too is having a career year. So like, you, if you do like any one, just one of any of those moves, it's already moving the needle that this team is like could make noise in the playoffs. But getting Soto on top of all of that, it's 
it's it's actually no, it's, it's mind blowing to like think of that lineup. To think that they could well, the team could go, they could go Tatis, Soto, Machado, Bell, and like it's it's, it's filthy. It's ridiculous. It's yeah, it's, yeah, it's that's absolutely nasty. Um, so you know you love to see it. I I love watching it. I love when teams go just fucking dive head first in and just say let's go and get after it. Um, another team that kind of did it a little bit. Um, not as much as San Diego, but the Mariners. They kind of got the biggest fish in the pond in terms of starting pitching when they traded uh, for Luis Castillo. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cincinnati got quite a haul. They got uh, the big, obviously the big prize in that deal was uh, Novel Novelvi Marte. Yep. Who I'm by most accounts, you know, he's a top 20 prospect, could be a top 10 prospect depending on the outlet you're looking at. Um, you know, it's kind of a he's probably going to be too big to be playing short, but I think that's a, that's a problem you're you're willing to deal with down the line, but he's, you know, should be an absolute stud. So, um, and the Mariners, I mean, I think they've taken the first two against the Yanks this week, right? They lost the first, I think they won oh, the last they two, haven't the they? Oh, I think, okay. I think they've already played three, I, I, really, I think. But they're, I think they're in the second or first wild card spot now, second wild card spot now. So they're surging a bit. They're, they're I mean, J-Rod's out, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's the Mariners. I, I always remember the Mariners being good when we were, you know, when we were kids and it always seemed like that place was jumping when the Mariners were in the playoffs and competing and shit like that. So it's kind of good to see them uh, kind of back on the wagon and getting shit done. And yeah, uh, I just think, you know, I don't that major league baseball during the regular season. I think we can all, everybody agrees that it's, it's really kind of boring unless you're a complete diehard baseball fan kind of sucks, but postseason baseball is, is pretty fucking awesome. And especially when you get teams, competing that haven't been around for a while. You know, you have Seattle. I mean, I know San Diego's been in the mix, but haven't really made any deep runs recently. So it should be an exciting next month and a half and then um, getting into October. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about this. I think you had asked in our little group chat, and San Diego's the team that's the longest without winning a World Series, and it's because they've never won one. So 1969 is when they became a team. So – I mean, that's a long-ass time, you know. They've been a team since 1969, and they haven't won a championship, so and the I city think would love they, And I think Seattle's got the longest playoff drought in Major League Baseball, too, right? Yep, I think I they think do. I think it was the year they, they, 2001. they finished. Yeah, they had the best record ever, and then they got yep. swept, right, by the Yankees? Um, yep, yep. All right, so I'll... Um, I'm going to go on a little diatribe here about the fucking Red Sox. Oh, baby. I'm going to try... <laughs> I'm going to try not to get too overly um, animated about it. Um, and I'm, I'm going to try talking this through. I, I just, I truly don't know the direction that this team is trying to go. And I mean, I mean, I think anybody who knows anything about baseball can look at this team and say, there is zero fucking chance. They make any run deep in the postseason. I just, they don't have a bullpen. Their starting staff sucks. And, I mean, their lineup, I, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with their lineup. Their lineup's fine. But you they, they, they're constantly, like, walking the fine line of we're going to compete, but we're going to plan for the future. And it's like, you know, they're still, they're like, oh, when Han Bloom come out, he's like, well, we're still going to, we're still going to try to make it the playoffs. We're going to make it run for the playoffs. So then you trade your starting fucking catcher who's been there for like nine years. He's like mm-hmm. the only catcher that most of these pitchers has dealt with since they've come up. So you trade him for two like prospects. I mean, 
I saw one, I can't remember, one of the guys I think was like ranked as high as 12 in somebody's system. I think, I can't remember which outlet. But literally there was one of them that was like the 28th and 29th ranked prospect in the system. And you trade your starting catcher for that. Then you turn around and you trade a lefty reliever out of your bullpen, which your bullpen sucks anyway, but you trade a guy, whatever, for another catcher who was just caught jerking off in public like two years ago. So there's that. Did he really? Oh, Reese McGuire, he got arrested like two years ago because he was whacking it in public. So <laughs> nice. stand up guy, um, which whatever. I uh, To me, it's like you have Palicki and I would rather just bring Connor Wong up and see what he can do. Like, so then it's like, all right, well, as soon as the Vasquez trade broke, I'm like, all right, Sox are going to try to sell off some of these pieces. No, next move I see, they trade for Tommy Pham. Okay. Weird, very weird. And then right at the last minute, which I don't have a problem with this deal as much, but they jump in on the Hos- for Hosmer after he rejected the trade to Washington. The Sox jump in. They get two prospects back. San Diego's eating like his entire contract. But the Sox give up. You know, one of the only real, I say, pitching prospects they have in their system in Jay Groom. So then it's like, but then you have Tristan Casas, who's should be up, or mm-hmm. by the end of the year is up. But then you have Hosmer, who's got three years left in his fucking deal. And I just I just don't know what direction they're going into. Because I look at this team, it's like, if you're going to make a run for the playoffs, why didn't you trade for bullpen help? Why didn't or, you try to trade starters. for a starter? Yeah. Like, I just, there had to have been some guys out there to be had. And it's just like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I hate when teams are like, oh, we have so-and-so coming back. We don't need to try to make a trade. Well, like, you can't plan on Chris Sale coming back. Like, I just don't understand what this fucking the direction of this fucking team is, and it's just it's infuriating. I I really don't know. I mean, I don't think this team's any better today than they were before they made these deals. Some people might argue that. I I just I just I really don't understand it. I don't get it. Uh, it was it was also gut wrenching to watch videos of like when Christian Vasquez got traded, just because they were playing the Astros. Yeah. So. I think so. What happened was, I, I think I read something that Cora went up to him in the clubhouse and said, Hey, just a heads up. This is, it's getting close, right? And Vasquez actually went to Cora and said, Well, do you mind if I still take bat in practice? Because I guess he wanted to go out and just hang out with the guys one last time before he got, before he got traded to Houston. Yeah. So I think he kind of knew, but I do think it's fucking bullshit that as soon as it was official, as soon as he was coming off the field, somebody from the Red Sox PR should have had him in the dugout, in the clubhouse, and not had that weird interaction with um, with the media. But I, I saw, I read some stuff too. JD Martinez came out and said it was really bizarre because uh, Vasquez went through all of the pregame stuff, and like during pregame, they'll sit down yeah. as a team and they'll talk about how they want to attack like hitters, like the pitchers want to attack hitters. And how the hitters should attack the pitcher, like what the pitcher throws a lot of, blah, blah, blah. Just so they have a game plan going into each at bat, you know. And so Vasquez, like, knew all that information. And, like, he was just saying, like, he obviously got traded to the team that they're playing that night. So Vasquez could just go over there and tell the Astros what they're going to do. But how fucking weird, how weird would that be? Like, I don't, I know all of a sudden you become a member of the Astros, but I feel like, it doesn't. You're not really a member of the Astros right then and there. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like no, you're. I f- you still have like, your heart is still with the Red Sox. It's got to be. There's no way you're gonna take- go into that clubhouse and start telling them the game plan right away. 
No, it's it's got to be there's got to be some time like an extended period of time and you have to like get in, like fully integrated into the whole thing. And like I don't know if that's a week, I don't know if it's two weeks. I mean, eventually I think everybody kind of fits into the clubhouse, but I just um yeah, it it was definitely I just don't know what they're doing. I, I can go back to this whole thing. And I, I really think like with Bogart's status up in the air, JD, a free agent, Avalde, a free agent, obviously Vasquez is off the books. To me, like this, this off season's kind of where like, it's, I think it's like not cutting time for Bloom because they, I think they caught lightning in a bottle a little bit last year and got as far as they did. I mean, I don't think anybody believes that that team actually was a fucking legit contender. But it's like, how long are we going to go on with you guys just trying to piecemeal this shit together? And, you know, you continue to make these trades to buy prospects, to gain prospects, to get your... Then there's got to be a bigger picture here. It can't be just wait for these fucking guys to come up because none of these trades that they've done have been, like, for stud prospects. It's all like mm-hmm. these middle of the road back end guys and all it does is add depth to the system but it's not like great depth and i just i just feel like there's no clear if they would have said we're completely tearing this down good okay tear it down or if we're gonna go for it and make a run okay good but this weird like i'm gonna trade our starting catcher for two prospects who like really are added up to much and then i'm gonna trade for like two guys who have term left on their contract are like 33 and 34 respectively. I, it just makes no fucking sense. And mm-hmm. Hosmer like statistically is one of the worst hitting fucking first baseman in baseball. He's not as bad as the Sox fucking first baseman are. Cause they've, I mean, that's been horrible, but it's like, I just, it doesn't make any fucking sense. I, I think just, it's, I, I think they're in a weird, I think they're in a really weird position now because if you look at just their record, they're not in like that bad of a spot. They're at they're at exactly 500 right now, right? They're only three games out of the playoff spot, but they're in last place in the division. I'm pretty sure they have not won a single series against the AL East this year. Every single time they played, every time they've played any AL East, they've lost that that series. Um, I mean, if they could just turn it around a little bit, like this team could easily make playoffs. And, and it's funny because. To us, like, I'm not a Yankees fan, but it seems like they're so far from being a playoff team this year. You're not a they, Red Sox fan. What's that? You said I'm not a you said I'm not a Yankees fan. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm not a Red Sox fan. <laughs> yeah. I was I'm like, def- wow, you breaking I'm some news on the pod. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely a Yankees <laughs> fan. But I'm not a Red Sox fan, but it just seems like they're not even close to being a playoff team. And um but they're only three out. They could get hot. But I, the well, direction, the it, direction that they're making transaction wise is an absolute complete mess. That's true. Yeah. I I just don't get it. That's the thing. And like at do you some think, point, like Do I, you think Bloom sit there sitting there today and was like, Wow, that was a great deadline we had? Do you think he's like or do you think he do you think he realizes like what the fuck am I doing? I see that's what I mean. I don't know, because like I, I it's hard for me to blame it all on him. Because I do think, like, and I feel like historically, it's always been this way. The Sox ownership has way yeah. too many fucking fingers in everything, like making decisions on players. Right. Now, I think it was more when there was, like, Larry Lucchino was involved. But that's the only thing. So, like, for me, it's like maybe there were some deals to be had for guys that were higher money. And John Henry's like, no, I'm not paying the, I'm not paying the fucking tax, the, you know, on, on, on going over the 
whatever the CBT, whatever the fucking number is. I'm not playing the tax on it, so I, I don't know. So maybe he's just trying to like do what he can with the with, within the restraints or the direction that like ownership has provided. But Jesus Christ, I mean, I really do think like the, the, they'll play this year out. But I do think this off season is is not cutting time. They have to figure something out because, and it's got to be more than just signing Devers to an extension. Like you have to so show some like. This whole like let's wait for the kids to come up is not gonna fucking work in this yeah. city. It's in that city. It's not. And it's their pitching staff is fucking horrible, dude. Like mm-hmm. you look at like to start the year, I mean sale wasn't up. Let's just say sale was healthy. They were rolling sale and Avaldi out there, which okay, they're solid, they're still solid MLB players. But then you have like Waka, Rich Hill, fucking I don't even know the other guys. That's how bad it is. Like mm-hmm. you gotta figure something out on that on that front. And I just the, the thing is, is I feel like the, the Sox truly wanted to get after it. Like, especially with the deal they made for, like, the Yankees made for Montas. The Sox have the prospects to, like, beat that fucking deal. Right. No, without question. And truthfully, like, I feel like they have prospects. They not the gluttony of, like, they, nobody could have matched San Diego's, I don't think. Yankees maybe, but I think San Diego. Mm-hmm. Just the depth of it. But, I mean, the Sox have, like, three or four guys you they could, like, put in on a package for, like, Soto and be like, and it wouldn't be like, you guys would be fucking kidding me on this. I just, I don't know. I just don't feel like they, I don't know what they're going to do. And I, I don't know why I care so much about it because I can't stand fucking baseball other than fantasy. But here I am bitching about it at 9 fucking 40 on a goddamn Wednesday night. It's weird. Like, sports are so weird because, like, I feel like for me, college basketball and then like the NFL, other than like, like actually watching the games, I enjoy watching the games, but for like NBA and like in major league, I almost get more excited during like trade deadlines or like, or during like the free agent signing periods than I do about the actual game itself. Because like when these teams are making these huge deals or like when they're signing these huge contracts during the free agent stuff, like that stuff that's like awesome. I love getting like the notifications from Woj or from fucking Passin or whoever it is. Like, it's so cool to see those notifications than it is to actually watch games. But, and maybe that's like, maybe that's why I can fantasy sports. Like I actually like like to make trades the most, you know? And so when that doesn't happen, it maybe it's league sucks. So (laughs) no. And I think the same thing is like, I mean, if, if you guys, it was legit, like, uh, yesterday, Every time I got a fucking tweet from like any of the MLB insiders, I was like, as soon as I got it, I grabbed it, I shared it, I was like, fired mm-hmm. it off to you in, in the in the BDB chat, fired it off into the baseball chat. I'm just like ripping through it. Yeah. Like, like so that, cool. like being like an insider has got to be. I feel like it's one of the things. It's got to be somewhat stressful because I feel like you're on all the time. Like you can't never be away from your phone because you have to like break news. But it's got to be such a fucking rush. Like when you like are the one that breaks. Like the yeah. first guy who's like. The Soto deal is done. Like, or it's got to be fucking a rush, dude. Do you turn like alerts so you get alerted anytime like a specific guy on Twitter like tweets? Oh yeah. Him? So I have I, like. No, yeah, okay. I I do it for like passing. I'll do it for like uh, Wojnarowski for NBA. But like Wojnarowski just tweeted one out tonight, and I fucking hate it because. Usually whenever I like see a Woj coming out, I'm like, it's going to be something huge, right? But like yeah. tonight, it's like the Trailblazers are, sign- are signing free agent center Norvell Pele to a training <laughs> camp deal. It's like, Woj, why the fuck are you tweeting that out? No one cares that 
fucking no. Norvell Pele yeah. is going to a team, it's you know? a bunch of fucking bullshit. It's like and look who we to, have. Yeah, look who decides to fucking show up. Antonio Brown shows up to the podcast. <laughs> How you doing, dude? I'm Just, a... Just comes, family guy. Just comes when he family wants. Just comes when he wants. Well, where'd you Shows guys go to dinner tonight? Treehouse. Treehouse. Treehouse Brewing. That's no. Massachusetts. No, Treehouse <laughs> Portland. Really cool. It's a fancy spot. Never heard of it. Dude. Highly recommend. Like big time date night spot. Um. Talk like when I was talking about Bloom, like it's it's hard because like in baseball. I feel like general managers usually get like the shit under the stick when stuff doesn't go right. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, the general manager is just listening to what ownership is saying and who's signing their paychecks. Right. So like if Henry were to say to Bloom, hey, go out and sign Devers. Hey, go out and sign Bogarts. Bloom would get it done. I have no doubt about it. I feel like you get done. So it's it's hard to, to pin it on Bloom because he can only listen to like, you know, the guys who pay him. So. But can you imagine the difference for Brian Cashman? Like, because when he started, it was in 19, like, 97, 98, something like that. So he still had George Steinbrenner that was running right. the ship then. Yeah, and no now way, it's yeah. passed on to, like, Hal Steinbrenner, who, like, is way, like, tighter with money than George. So it must be so weird for Brian Cashman to, like, to to deal with free agency and to deal with trades because the yeah. checkbook is so much tighter now. So no, and and I and that's the thing is like and that's what sucks is like the owners, like I said, like the, the most general managers are like doing the best they can within the constraints that are provided to them by the owners. Like, can you imagine being the fucking GM of like the Pirates? It must be the most and, boring like, job or, in or, in the or world. Or Oakland, like I, you have to. That has to be a situation where you pretty much just want to be like get some like experience under your belt know you're going to get fired and then hopefully you just get a mm-hmm. like, bigger job like later on the line because that is is just like it, all right i'll tell you who's got the best job in the fucking universe and it's aj preller that motherfucker can just do what he wants when he wants and don't worry about it mm-hmm. so yep short dog so we've we've been uh we kind of dived into the trade deadline um for major league baseball um touched on Soto Castillo, the Sox and their inability to make a decision. The Yankees a little bit. Um, got anything to add to it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know where we jumped in. I mean, I don't know what you guys said. So I just feel like uh, I, I'm guessing I'm with Fagola on this. The Sox are just so indecisive. They have no idea where they're going. So you're, they're not good. Yep. They're not going to win no championships. So why didn't they sell? It's, it's so dumb. So, but you see GMs all over the place. Like today I was watching – Martin Perez from Texas. Like, why the fuck is Texas hold on to this guy? This guy's lights yeah. out right now. Like, I just don't like. Why are GMs so dumb? Like, why do the Cubs hang on to Wilson Contreras? Like, I, there's so and many half. dumb GMs in this world. I just, especially football. Like, football trade deadlines are ridiculous. It's you see like three trades a year, and it's like Jacksonville. You have no chance. Like, you just don't don't have a chance of, of making playoffs. So I just don't get why teams do this. I, I really no. don't. You can better yourself for the future. And you sacrifice a little bit of this year, which you're not going to win. So, uh, one deal that we didn't touch on, which um, I feel like the Astros don't really need a whole lot of hitting, but I think them getting Mancini is like just adding icing on the cake for that lineup. You went yard today too. Oh, did he for them? I tried trading yep. for. I told you this. I tried trading for him in our fantasy league, and 
Um, I saw a report. I don't know if you guys saw it too, but he's had like 13 home runs on the year. But if he was playing in Houston in the home games in from Baltimore, where in Houston he'd be up to like 25 home runs because of yeah. the ballpark. Oh, well, the, the ballpark yeah, difference. The, yeah. Yes, well, the left the field's back, so right? much closer, and he's a pull hitter. So that's why I was trying to push for him. But uh, the manager probably won't will value him as. Uh, yeah, uh, Barry Bonds. So it's he, not gonna happen. He's like an awesome guy to have for that team because I feel like I feel like the Astros always had players who are like like utility type guys who can like move around a lot and like take you know have guys give up. But he can play first. He can play the outfield positions. Yeah. So and he's a good bat. So he could obviously DH times too. So I mean, I think that's like actually like a really good get for the Orioles where I feel like they didn't even need to get him because like their lineup is already so good as it is. So yeah, it's just icing for them. Did you see Alvarez get the four uh, four strike at bat that. today? Yeah, it was Rich freaking Hill. hilarious. First pitch strike, second pitch foul. Took forever to get another pitch in. Watched it strike three. Stood up there. No one even said a word. Next pitch, he ended up grounding out, but would have been freaking hilarious if he like, well, you, hit a double or brought us something. You see why it took so long for the third or fourth pitch to come in? Because Rich Hill had to run after that ball by the foul ball because it was yeah. like the shift was on. And Rich Hill's 42 or 43 or something like that. It's so like he was absolutely gassed from running from the pitcher's mound to the dugout. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, pretty yeah, good stuff, pretty dude. He is old. Yeah. I'm excited though. It's, it's, I mean, baseball can be a pretty boring season, but like once you get into like September and like you're running down to like the stretch, and you know, I feel like pay, playoff baseball is like really fun. Like I'll actually sit down yes. and like watch, watch like an entire nine inning game where I would never do that during the regular season. So, yeah, baseball is going to start getting getting a little more fun here as we. If the Sox don't make the playoffs, Scola, do you have a team that you'll be rooting for? Uh I mean, I'm going to have to see who's. Probably the Mariners. I'd like to see Seattle to make a run. I just think they're like the fairly young team. Um, Would you like to see the Padres make a run with us, like this all-star team? Yeah, because I think it'd be fucking awesome to just see Soto and Tatis on the biggest fucking stage. I do too, yeah. Um, yeah and I, I think Toronto too, man. Like I just, I do. There's a lot of guys on Toronto I just like. I mean, I obviously have an infatuation with Vladdy because I got him on my fantasy team. But like, you know, Bouchette and... You know, Tay Oscar. I mean, they they got a fucking good team too. So they got Whit Mary Moore. Who? Mary Moore. Yeah. Toscar. Really, I think what it. I got Toscar. Yeah. Toscar and Mary Moore. I think yeah. what it would come down to is like the way things are looking now. Is I really probably wouldn't give a fuck as long as it wasn't the Yankees or Dodgers who won. Or, or the Astros. Or the Astros. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I I would be rooting for the Braves just because I have two Braves players and. Fantasy boys, so that's it. Yeah. Um, looking at our predictions really quick, um, I had uh, Blue Jays Brewers. Both those teams are in playoffs right now, I think. Gola had White Sox Brewers. White Sox, I don't think, are in playoffs. They're only two no. games out of the division, though. And then Sherry had Dodgers and Rotrow, the Angels. <laughs> the Angels. They were looking pretty hot there to start the year, man. And yeah. then they went on a monumental like losing streak but that and they yeah, have the softest was... player in mlb history they do yeah the uh wow. i saw some reports that like a few a few teams including the yankees actually made an offer to get otani and i almost 
It's weird. Like, I feel like I'd rather have, like, right now, Otani more than Soto because I think he's more valuable than Soto because he can do more things. But, like, just the age difference, that's, like, probably, what, five years difference in age, you know, of those guys. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if so, if if Otani got traded this off uh, this this trade deadline too, that would have been massive. That would have been up there at, with Soto as like the biggest trade ever at the deadline, yeah. you know. But it didn't happen, so who cares about it? Um, you guys want to talk about the scumbag? Yeah. So I think since the last time we talked, uh, so actually I wasn't aware of this to begin with. Uh, Goodell actually didn't make the initial ruling. Um, it was it was uh, a judge that kind of made this was in the last CBA. I guess they they're gonna go to these these suspensions and stuff like this was gonna be up to a judge. Um, so they gave Watson six games, and I think the NFL had what three days to appeal, and they did. Uh, as far as the NFL is concerned, they're go they're gonna push for nothing less than a year, um, which. Truthfully, like I, I actually hope it happens. I mean, it's probably the first time the NFL would would actually like lay a hammer down on somebody that they should lay a hammer down on, mm-hmm. um, instead of fucking bunch of all this other bullshit. But yeah, I mean, you could t- the thing that's crazy is like you you probably had an idea that Watson and Cleveland both knew had an idea on how many games he was gonna miss. I mean, he's gonna get suspended for six games and lose all what like three hundred thousand. It's not much, so they yeah. front, they they backloaded like the contract or like made this this one year like weren't paying him dog shit, so he wouldn't lose out on that much. But I I don't know. I I hope they drop the hammer on him. So let me just before Sherry Sherry can probably talk about this more way more than I can. But let me just make sure I understand this correctly. For any suspension going forward, it goes to an like in a a a court or jury like I, a, a so judge. it goes to a judge where they can decide like looking at the rules and previous suspensions how do they feel like it's written written in the contract that this should be suspended so then that's their suggestion and now they have three days to appeal their suggestion and then roger goodell makes the board who's going to hear what should happen so roger <laughs> it's, this guy has so much power he's going to make the board for who the NFL lawyers are going to present to on who, on how, on how long the actual suspension is. So what that suggestion is, is just a suggestion and they can take it or not. And they're not going to. So, um, no. they're going to, they're going to lay that, So then, so then whenever the NFL comes, whenever the NFL does their thing, can Watson then appeal it himself to? Uh, he must be able to, he has to. But I don't think it's for, and I, don't, I, and I probably misspoke earlier when I said any suspension, I think there's things that are clear cut in the CBA, like the whole thing with Calvin Ridley. It was probably clear cut in the CBA. If you bet on games, it's like a year, kind of like if you get popped for yes. steroids, it's like four games. So that's why, like, because the Ridley thing happened after the CBA was signed. But I think there's things that are more clear cut written in the CBA that mm-hmm. allows the NFL to say this is what it is no matter what. Um, but, you know, I, I hope the NFL fucking – I hope they try to get him for fucking two years. So the yeah. CBA doesn't say like so, what happens if you sexually harass like 26 chicks. It doesn't no. say that in it. No. <laughs> no. Um, so what's, I mean, what I would think if I had to like lay out what I've read and what I've thought about, like what I think it's going to happen is it's going to be a hammer suspension. It's going to be a massive fine. So instead of like getting cut, I mean, not paying for what you games are missing, it's going to be like a 3 million or, or I don't know what it is. A, a, $15 million fine. Will they do it um, to the team, though, and not, not no, Watson? No, it'll be 
rate to Watson. Yeah. Um, especially because it didn't happen to him when he was on Cleveland. The biggest issue is is that if he appeals, it actually goes to a judge, like Tom Brady's. If it goes to an actual judge, they're going to ask for actual text messages, emails, everything they went through, which I don't think Watson's going to be willing to give up. Well, no, like Brady was willing I... to give it up, and like he had like some things that he said about Peyton, like he thought he was better than him and stuff like that. But Deshaun's going to have shit in there that's going to be like it's to these girls and what he says to them, which it's I think could absolutely damage him. Uh, so just I don't well, know what he said, I... but like he's he's a scumbag. So so I did hear too though that like so this 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 unbiased arbiter or whatever you want to say, this judge that made the suggestion out of the like 26 women that he, I'm going to say air quotes here, allegedly sexually assaulted um, because he's settled with like most of them, right? Paid him an undisclosed amount of money. So they're not, they weren't part of this whole trial thing. So not their testimonies weren't involved in this. There was the, I think the judge only heard testimonies from two women. So, Based off of that, that's what she did. Is she based her ruling off of what was presented to her for evidence, but it was limited because of the people he's already settled with. So I'm assuming if it was like if it was all 26 women, she could have been like, I, well, the judge could have been like, okay, it's fucking five years because you're a fucking piece of shit. But because it was limited on the amount of evidence she could be presented due to the settlements and I'm sure NDAs and all this other shit, that's why I think it was the. You know, she only uh, suggested six games. I was just reading this, like, so before the six games came out, like, Watson and the NFL was trying to, like, decide on, like, almost like a plea bargaining, you know, whatever. And it says Watson's Watson's side was going to go six to eight games. And it says the best the league was indicated was willing to offer was a 12-game suspension and a significant fine of $8 million. Yeah. Pretty hefty. Yeah. But if you go against them, you know how they are. They, they're going to yeah. play hammers. So, right. Um, right. I think what would be cool is that if there there is like two or three girls that have not settled and willing to fight it, I think if the NFL took that money and like, okay, well, whatever that settlement would be, you know, we, we will handle it yeah. and give it to you because obviously like if, if it's say if it's 2 million, like I, I totally understand these girls, like 2 million is life changing and you take like, take the money, set up your family and like you're out of the, spotlight for what what's going on um but if the nfl took control of this and been like listen you fight this and we'll take care of you that way on the other end i think would be really cool as well and i i, I do think yeah no i agree with you and i think i i, <laughs> I want to say the nfl is doing it for the right reasons and i do think that part of it is but I also think the NFL sees us as an opportunity to for a lot of positive PR for the NFL mm-hmm. because they have really dropped the ball on a bunch of other shit when it comes to like domestic violence and other stuff that, you know, along these lines. And they've gotten a ton of blood backlash over it. So I do feel like they are trying to do the right thing for the right reasons. But I also it's the NFL and they do things to make money and to, to better their image. So. Part of me does think that they're going to do whatever they possibly can to make the NFL look as good as they possibly can in this situation. Me too. Um, So there's been 25-ish suits that have been filed on it, but, like, he's never actually been convicted of anything, right? Like, uh, by the law? No. Right. Criminally, he's never That's part of why he's only getting the six games. 
it's it's, like, it's weird because I think obviously if he was convicted by the law, then the NFL would have a very easy like open and shut case, whatever you want to call that. I don't know what the fuck if I said that, that term right. Well, if he was, they could, if he was yeah, if he was like right, if he was actually by law convicted of convicted something, of rape. right, or something like that, they could have something they could go by, right? But and now I, it's basically going off of just like the uh, number of women that have come forward on this is like it's probably true, right? Yeah. And the thing is, is I, that the NFL, if he was con- actually convicted of rape, the NFL wouldn't have to worry about it because he'd be in prison. Right. Right. Yep. It's just, it's, it's so fucked. And the thing is, is like, I'm still astonished. And this is what just like proves the NFL doesn't give a fuck or most of these owners don't care. Because most of these owners are probably scumbags themselves. But like the Browns had no fucking issue. Trading what they did oh. and giving that fucking guy like $250 million. They didn't bat a fucking eye about it. It's shocking to me. No. And they, they I don't think they, they care. Yeah. They no, and, no care. and I know they don't, but. You because, can't reward people like that. So no, I, you I, can't. Wish they, I hope they re- hammer him. I, I agree. And I, I think I think the Browns, even if he's suspended for this entire season, they still have him for four more years, like in the prime of his career. I think they're fine with it, honestly. I, no, I no, I I agree with you. I think they are. It's gross, but they're fine with it. And I think that's I think if it it's weird because if they were still the Browns, but they had the recent history of the Patriots, they wouldn't do it. But they're the Browns, and they haven't won anything in the last right. fifty years. You know what I mean? So that's why they're doing it. So no, for sure. Enough of that scumbag. Yep. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to do this preview? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can rip through it. Rip through it. So yeah, I I'll uh I so I think we're gonna give you guys a preview of the NFC um today. And then I think I don't know, maybe next week we'll do AFC. Mm-hmm. Give you some predictions on uh divisions and uh who we think are the best players at certain positions, not necessarily for fantasy, but for just like actual football. So um, what do you guys want to start with? Uh, go east to west. I have a question, real quick, Shuri. A lot yeah. of these things that we do on here, like starting fives, you usually don't prepare for it. Did you prepare for this at all? Not a thing, and my internet is completely out for some reason. I can stream. <laughs> um, I, that's why I've been over here just struggling. Uh, I can stream. We can stream on the TVs, but it hasn't worked for a couple of days. We've paid our internet. We've called them. Uh, they it works for like twenty minutes, and then it goes away. So, um. Here we go. So, so but so th- this I'll is be all right. So out of anyone that it happened to, you're probably the best person that this could happen to. If this happened to me and I wasn't prepared, just shut it, just shut it down. I would <laughs> just shut it down. Yeah, I'd go to bed right now and just be like, you guys are on your own. I'm kind of excited because I think I'm going to miss some people, but I, I, I also I think I'll be all right. Yeah. Um. So what do you guys, you guys want to start with the NFC East? I mean, I think this is, if that's yeah. where we're going to go, I think this is a, pretty easily a two-horse race in my do we opinion. have to spend any time on washington of the giants um no i mean i do i do think that washington still might have the best defense in that division but the but they have carson Wentz as a quarterback so yeah do i we mean know how no, long do we know how long chase young's out he should be back right i mean i don't i have no idea he's missing so. week one i think they said right but okay. they just yeah well that's not yeah. good I mean, I mean, that's, uh, and you know what? ACLs. Uh Oh, 
We just talking about internet. Oh shit! Oh, there he is. Okay. Oh, he's there back. he is. He's back. Okay. Hey. You said, you said, you, oh, we heard. You know what the things about AC? I never. And then you froze. I never lost you guys, which is weird. <laughs> oh. But oh. I saw no incident or anything. But ACLs are always a year to recover, so it's like, uh, I don't know if he'll be like peak, peak performance uh, right mm-hmm. away. So I, I do not have high expectations for Washington. No. All right. I, um, no, go ahead, Kev. I was going to say, so let's figure out who we think is going to be first in that division then out of the other two teams. Okay. So for me, I'll, I'll, I think Philly's going to win the division. I think they added A.J. Brown. I think it adds another uh, layer to that offense. Um, pair him up with the receiver from Alabama that I'm drawing. Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith. And I think, uh, I think uh, Jalen Hurts takes a, a leap forward this year. And I think the Eagles are taking the NFC East this year. I do too. And I, I think like, I think the AG Brown thing is like pretty big. I do, but I almost think that the draft that they had with Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean is like probably bigger, honestly. Yeah. I, Cause I think those two guys can like both come in like day one and like make an impact on defense. Yeah, and so, sure. um, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think uh, Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith will both take steps, and then A.J. Brown doesn't hurt. I do think that Miles Sanders is one of the most overrated running backs in maybe the NFL. Overrated? Well, I feel like for fantasy purposes, he's always – it seems like he's always a guy, like, be like, all right, this guy's ready to break out, and he sucks every goddamn year, I think. Does, so. Do the Eagles under Sorani, like, have one of those, like, systems where you can kind of almost just, like, plug any running back in there, and they're going to succeed? I feel like they kind of do. Does has an Eagles running back succeeded in the last ten years? No, I don't mean succeed in terms of like I'm not saying they're gonna go for like fifteen hundred yards, but I feel like they always have like two or three guys that'll get like well, that'll get like six or seven hundred yards every year. Yeah. Nobody ever stands out, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But um Sherry, don't tell me you're taking the Cowboys. No, no, no. I'm taking Eagles all the way. I think okay. Eagles are loaded. Um I also think they had a phenomenal uh draft. Um, yeah, but I mean, just getting AJ Brown in that draft is, uh, enormous. Um, I'm trying to think of who else, uh, oh my God, who was the other guy that they got that, I'm, that I love anyways, I, I do. I, I think they're good defense. I think they, Darius Slay is a, in the top corners. is like probably one of the most underrated guys. Um, I think Fletcher Cox is obviously a beast, but like top to bottom Philly is loaded. I think Dallas has more superstars, uh, yeah. but but I'm taking uh, Philly top to bottom, and and you know Dallas, they they're gonna do that thing where they always just screw up at at the right time. So Dallas, yeah. to me, Dallas was weird was that they didn't re-sign Amari Cooper, let him go, and then they signed Michael Gallup to a, that contract where it was like, I don't know. To me, it's like is Gallup that guy? Like why wouldn't you just use that money to like go for Cooper? But I don't I don't know if the yeah. money didn't work out. And I think you look at it with. Dallas, I think for me, honest to God, I think that Tony Paul is the best running back on that team. I I, I think Zeke yes. has kind of passed past his prime. And they have Mike McCarthy as a fucking coach, and the guy's a bonehead. So I just don't – yeah, I think that's Philly's division to lose. And Dallas will be there because they are talented enough. But then you just have Washington and the Giants just fuck. The Giants are a fucking dumpster fire. So we don't, that's all we need to talk about them. But – um. You guys want to go to top players here? Yep. Real quick. Who do you guys yep. get best quarterback in the division? Dak. I, I think it's still Dak, too. I have Hurts. I, I think Hurts is going to take a leap this year. 
I was looking at stats last year. Um, Hurts Hurts didn't start the entire. Or did he start the entire year or no? I can't remember. Yes, but he did. He did. It was like drastic difference between him and Dak. I know Dak lost Cooper, but I think Ceedee Lamb's going to be a lot better this year. Um, and Dak's been pretty fucking solid the last like four or five years. So I think Dak. Same. I, I'm all about Dak, and and uh, I love. I actually love Dak. I hate everything about Dallas besides that. So, um, big Dak supporter. I love that he's come out against like uh, mental health awareness, and I think that's um, huge, especially for football players supposed to be big and tough. Um, so for him to do that uh, always makes it like a little soft spot in my heart, uh, which I love. Uh, running back. I think it's Pollard. I think he's the best running back in the division. I I know Saquon's in the division, but you just never know what the fuck you're going to get out of him. If he's going to mm-hmm. be healthy. And I think personally that Pollard should be Dallas's feature guy, but um, they won't, it won't be, it'll be Zeke. And I think it'll be a detriment to the team. So I'm going with Pollard um, based just kind of because I think he has potential to be the best in the, in the division this year. I think it's Saquon. I know he's been injured a fuck ton like, the last like two or three seasons, but I feel like when he plays, he's just a beast. So, wow, I'll take Saquon. Uh, this is tough. I mean, I, I honestly feel like Antonio Gibson's right there. So, like, I want to say him because I feel like he's so multi-talented. Like, he's such a good receiver and stuff. So, you know what? I'm just gonna. I, I actually am. I'm gonna take him. He's probably the most uh, complete guy. I think. I think. Uh, Pollard probably is going to be there, but I just, he's just not going to get the chance to show it because they're going to try to feed Zeke, especially in his last year of his contract. So they're going to like beat him up and let him, you know, just keep feeding him and feeding him and feeding him until Pollard takes over next year. So I'm going to go Antonio Gibson uh, is the guy. Mm-hmm. Interesting, though, all three like different teams. So yeah, I can see it yep. either way. I, I think wide receiver Barkley, might be too. Barkley I think definitely receiver. has Ooh. the most yeah. potential, but. Yep. He doesn't stay healthy. I think wide receiver might be too. I got Brown. Going with A.J. Brown. It was between him and McLaurin. I think A.J. Brown is the third best. That's what my take is on this dude. Um, Maybe just learning a new offense. I don't know if that's going to hurt him or not, but um, I think C.D. Lamb, dude. I think C.D. Lamb is now like the number one in Dallas. I think Dak is going to have to throw to him a lot. He had 1,100 yard season last year, six touchdowns. I just, I don't know. I like yeah. CD Lamb a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna it. go AJ Brown for one reason: is that when I watch him play, he is the best slant runner in the NFL, uh, and then he also is a go guy. So he like is probably one of the best go guys because he he'll burn you on a slant, and when he gets a slant, he's so big and strong, he turns the slant into 60. Um, it's it's incredible. Um, so I I don't think like the route tree is like that complex for him. Like literally, just give him the fucking ball. He's a big target. <laughs> he's a big, like, yeah. like he's like six three with like shoulders like fucking Mack truck dude coming across. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. like his his body positioning is incredible. Um, the only problem is he's so big that he gets hurt. But like he, yeah, I, I love I love AJ Brown. That's a uh, bad tight end fucking division. I think it's probably yeah. Dalton Schultz from Dallas. I went Dallas Goder. Yeah, I'll go Goder too. Goder, um, that's what I went with, yeah. I, 
yeah, I, I think he's he's just gonna keep breaking out, and especially now with like the AJ Brown in there, he's gonna yeah. he's gonna definitely draw some attention. You know that RPO or that uh, just just the threat of Hurts running is gonna be huge for for Goda. He's gonna be the safety blanket. Uh, so when we were doing this, Sherry was talking about positions, and he included offensive line. And I said, you know what? I'm going to know absolutely fucking nothing about offensive <laughs> line. But, so a lot of the times when I was trying to make my list, I was going through and trying to see if I knew any names on the actual offensive line. And if I did, then they got like a little bit of a check mark in my book. Uh, so I, for offensive line, went with the Eagles. I knew of a guy named Jason Kelsey, probably because of his brother. Um, but they also had the most rushing yards in the league last year. That could be something to do with Jalen Hurts runs a lot, but they had the most rushing yards in the entire league. So I'm taking the Eagles. I'm going with Dallas. I would say Dallas too. Um, uh, Smith is a team, team Smith in the left tackle is yeah, Tyrone, Tyrone Smith. And they have like Zach Martin. I think so. Madden still there player, too, so. And Zach, yeah. yeah, Zach Martin can stay healthy. He's probably one of the top five guards in the NFL. Yeah. I think Phillies Phillies could be there for sure though, uh, and Kelsey has like been around for like 15 years and never missed a start. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And last we had was just defense, straight up defense. I, I think it's Philly. I love I, I love Philly from top to bottom. So um, adding, I, I was trying to think of who the first round pick was. It's Jordan Davis, which I can't imagine trying to run against uh, Fletcher Cox, Derek Burnett. And uh, no. Jordan Davis in there. That is just unbelievable. Um, and they got Nicobe Dean, who I thought the Pats would take in the first round. Um, they got him like round three, who I think can be a star, too. I have no idea how he's doing, though. But, um, yeah, that'll be interesting. But I, I like I like Philly top to bottom. Yeah. I actually picked um, the Cowboys, dude. Um, with just DeMarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons, I just – uh, I think, and I was looking at stats, and I think they had the like the, the best points against last year. They had the lowest yards against last year for any team in the division. So I picked Cowboys. But I think Micah Parsons is the top overall player in that division. Yeah, that's how high I think of him. Yeah, he is saying a lot. Yep. He had a decent year last year. Yeah. I think he's the best. I think he's probably a top five player in the NFL. Like after, um, what's his name from the Rams? I'm probably taking him. Aaron Donald. Yes. Or Jalen Ramsey. Maybe. No, Donald. Well, no, I know, but I mean. Yeah. No, I I don't even think it's close. I think it's Donald than him. Yeah. I'm not a huge Ramsey guy, but. Yeah. Well, that is is your NFC East predictions right there. Yeah. Are we going south or are we going to the north? You pick, big dog. Let's do it. Uh, well, let's go I, south. Let's go south. All right. All right. South. That's, that's my division, baby. Order. I'm out of fucking order. I mean, uh, is there any team even close for first? No. 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 Not even close. Not even fucking close. All Brady I wrote down for Tampa was Tom Brady. Unbelievable at, like, picking... Like, the AFC was so bad. AFC East was so bad when he was there for, like, 20 years. And then he goes there, and, like, he causes Drew Brees to retire. And it's awful. Like, Atlanta, the wheels fell off. Uh, New Orleans, the wheels fell off. And Carolina's just always been a dumpster fire. I feel like this division was, like, really fucking good, like, five years ago, too. Yes, it was on the up. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, it seems no, like the I easiest cakewalk for them. Yeah, this is not. I mean, who do you guys? Okay, I mean, like, so we obviously know the clear cut number one is Tampa. Is who do you have as two? Just so we. First I have talking the, points. I have the Saints. I do too. It's definitely not Atlanta. Atlanta might be the worst team in the NFL. I have Atlanta last in that division too. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's either Carolina. Like, I think Carolina's defense last year was going in the right direction, and I know they have. uh, Oh my God, they left the the cornerback out of. Oh my gosh, I think out of University of Southern Carolina. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah. He was phenomenal the weeks he played last year, but he was hurt for most of the year, and then he's hurt again right now. So I think that's like Horn. J.C. Horn. Yeah, in, I kept wanting to say yeah. Stephon Gilmore. Because the <laughs> they have the long hair. Like, they each have the long hair. Yeah. yeah. Um, but J.C. Horn is, like, a su- like I think he's a future superstar. So, um, like, literally, if you get a lockdown corner, that's, I mean, that's probably one of the most important positions in the, in the NFL. So, um, if he plays, I think that, that Carolina can make the jump to number two. But, Marsh, I mean, Lattimore from the Saints is probably who he, like, wants to be. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I have no, I have and no I do idea. Think- and I do think that there's something to be said. I mean, I, I, I'm not the biggest Baker guy, but I do think Baker is going to be fucking motivated. Yeah, as I a, love as guys with probably chips as most as he's ever been. He's gonna, like you said, he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder. And so, I mean, if if Baker plays and he's healthy, Carolina could easily be the second best team in this division. But yeah. mm-hmm. um, right now, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm, I still think it's New Orleans, but yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I don't... So like Atlanta, they drafted that Drake London there, the receiver at USC. But yeah. like their other receiving, the receivers they have, they have Brian Edwards. I've never even fucking heard of him. I don't even know how to say this guy's name. Alamide Zachias. You know, do, do you go to Notre Dame, yeah. dude? That guy go to Notre Dame? Uh, Notre no. Dame? No, no, no. Notre Dame had a weird. They had a weird ass guy when Notre Dame a few years ago had a weird. Name yeah, they there. had a Aquamius or something like that. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's something it up. He but plays like, for Green Bay. The, Brown, you yeah. you could ask you could ask NFL fans to name a single wide receiver on on the Falcons and they couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Because no. it could be the right. worst wide receiving crew that's like ever been assembled. It seems like so. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have a rough uh, they're gonna have a rough few years I think down there in Atlanta. Yeah, for sure. Best quarterback. I mean, let's just skip it. I think yeah, we all know the best it. quarterback it's is. Obvious. Uh, running after back. that. You want to talk about the second best quarterback? No. Okay. I was just saying after after quarterback, there's some toss up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So um, running back, I think is pretty good. I mean, it's Kamara. I think it's Kamara too. Oh, I mean McCaffrey. I think it's you went with C Mac, didn't you? I went with McCaffrey. I I like Kamara, but I I what what did he do to get suspended? He did some sketchy shit. Oh, is he suspended? Oh, did he? I didn't even know he was suspended. Oh yeah, he's suspended, bro. So. I mean, I guess for the year it's going to be McCaffrey. Well, he'll probably play more games with McCaffrey anyway. I just love Alvin Kamara. Like I, on like when I watch him play, like I people like he's got like that uh, Mike Vick kind of like feel to him, and like Allen Iverson where he's just so cool. Like people like will make a tackle and like help him up and like hey, like give him like a hey, what's up kind of. Thing. Who's that? CMC? No, I feel like Kamara's got that oh. about him. It says he has a battery charge. Yeah. 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 Didn't know that. I didn't. It doesn't say he's suspended on on here at least, but I don't know. Kamara's to, to me, Kamara's had some like down seasons. Like 
I feel like in fantasy, like you're always drafting him to be this like huge stud, and like I don't, I don't know. He just he doesn't seem like he's been doing it to me lately. And like obviously CMC has been injured a lot, but like when he is healthy, he is a fucking absolute beast. So I'm taking CMC. I took CMC. I took Saquon, and so I'm really thinking these guys are not going to be <laughs> injured this year. Yeah. Uh, wide receiver. Um, fully healthy. It's Michael Thomas. That's my opinion. Really? Wow. I think he's fully healthy. I think it's wild. If he's fully healthy, if he's fully healthy, well, put it this way. You want me to tell you what I did? I wrote Godwin. Then I said in parentheses, but if Thomas is fully healthy, he's the best in my opinion. I think it's Mike Evans. He's so consistent, dude. He gets a thousand yards like every fucking year. He's he gets a shit ton of touchdowns every year, and he has the best quarterback in the entire world thrown to him. So I'm giving taking Mike Evans. Um, I would also go with Mike Evans just for consistency. Uh, I I think Godwin's good, but I think that Godwin always usually gets the number two, um, where Mike Evans is number one, and and Mike Evans shows up in big time moments too. So. Uh, I like I like Mike Evans a lot. I think if you switch teams, Mike Evans with DJ Moore, I think DJ Moore would be up there as one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I just think he's had a rough start of quarterbacks thrown to him. I just I think he's super talented. That poor guy. Yeah. But he I needs think, to get in a situation where like uh, Stefan Diggs got out of uh, the Vikings and went yeah. to like just a gunslinger. Exactly. Like if he went to like the Rams, he would just fucking Judy, feast. Yeah. He would. I think tight end's fairly easy now. Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Most athletic. I mean, he's probably the closest thing to a wide receiver there is anyway, so I agree. I, yeah. I love Kyle Pitts. I imagine he gets a lot of looks with that receiving core they have, so. Uh, Drake has been eating, and in, in, I have seen that, that uh, London Drake has been dominating and preseason but that's just practice preseason but like the highlights are, are real mm-hmm. we've seen that before though and guys just can't play o-line i'm no i just i'll just say it right off i went o-line in tampa and i went defense tampa me too o-line i would go uh new orleans defense easily tampa O-line for me, Tampa, they got uh, Shaq Mason and Tristan Wirfs on the right side. I just think that's, like, fucking pretty massive. Um, yeah. They did just lose their starting center, though. He retired, right? No, he got hurt. No, uh, their, their right guard retired. That's why they got Shaq Mason. And then oh. Jensen got hurt. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Back yeah. Half of the year. Okay, that's what it yeah. was. Okay. Um, but, no, I, I'm going to go with uh, New Orleans. O-line. I, mean, I, I can't, think of the guys I can't names, even. I would say it. So I'll tell you. Right I know now, they have Jay, a good left tackle and right J- tackle. Their right tackle J- was left tackle for like five years, and then he moved. James to right Hurst, Andrews, Pete, Eric McCoy, Pete. Cesar Ruiz, and Ryan Ramzike or something. I don't know if I can yeah. say it. Haven't heard of a single guy. That means that that team. Three of them sucks. are first round picks. Uh, Ramzike was a tackle, moved to guard, but Pete is a enormous human being was left tackle moved the right tackle has been great and then uh i can't think of the guy who starts left tackle now but he's obviously better than pete and who pete was like an all pro for a couple years so goal has bucks defense i've got bucks defense bucks yeah no question 
Moving on, we got the north or the west. Go to the north. I think the the west is going to be the is easily the yeah. best division in the in the conference. So let's mm-hmm. t- get north out of the way. And I don't know about you guys, but I still think it's Green Bay's divisional lose. I have actually got the Vikings as the team Ooh. winning that division this year, dude. I do. I have Green Bay. I, I yeah. I, when you have Aaron Rodgers, I think you just that that sets it apart. Him and him and Cousins. Cousins is great for fantasy, but <laughs> there's a boy, big difference he's not there. Good for regular seasons. No, uh, and that's an idea. I was gonna say we'll we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I think that Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson might be the best like wide receiver running back duo there is in the entire NFL. Uh, and I know Cousins fucking can suck really bad, but I know we can show some flashes of like really good, like some brilliance, but I don't know the Packers, man. I just, I don't know if Rogers is Rogers, that quarterback that is like Brady where he can just have like just these random ass dudes and he can throw to and like, can be good. Yeah. I feel like Rogers has always I, had he made like Jordy Nelson all, all pro. He made, uh, Greg I, Jennings. I just feel like, yeah, Greg Jennings. And you all don't pro. think like, those guys were already good? No, because like no. as soon as they left, dude, they were, they were garbage. He made like Randall Cobb superstar, dude. Like when he first got there, I mean, it's yeah. he's that guy. Who's their number one I, receiver this year? Aaron um, Jones. No, yeah, the running no. back. Uh, Honestly, it's, um, I just think he's going. But who's dominate. their number one wide receiver? It's it's the uh, uh, Lazard. 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 Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just so like I think that like I said I I think Rogers is obviously still elite. The weapons aren't there where they used to be, but I I still think he, it's enough to win an average division because I think Chicago sucks. Uh, Detroit I think is going to be improved, but I still don't think they're they are going to make any anywhere near a run to win the division. And I think Minnesota's got plenty of weapons. But they are limited because Kirk Cousins just fucking never wins big games. And I think he's eventually going to be their downfall. Um, now, I don't think this is a year Green Bay makes a deep run in the playoffs. But I, I just I still think Rodgers is good enough to get win this, win this, you know, win 10, 11 games. And I think that's going to be enough to win a division. Yeah, I don't think that they're a serious threat to win at all. Um, but I do think the Packers win by default. But I also agree that Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook are the best one to running back wide receiver combo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jacobs and Devontae. Uh, I guess, well, I th- for me, is that what you think it is? Well, no, I'm just saying, like, I mean, that's probably... A- I, I say let's problem. let's see the difference between Devontae Adams with Rogers thrown to him and then th- with fucking yeah. um whatever his name I is. think Carr I think him. Jefferson's better than Adams fantasy wise, you're right. Probably not probably not regular. Uh but I think that Kel Cook is just a mile ahead of Jacobs. Yeah. Yeah. Um do we have any takers for Jared Goff as the best quarterback in this division? <laughs> you any don't takers? Have, you wouldn't be the best in Maine, bro. <laughs> Do we have any takers as uh, that fucking bum on the Bears? As Justin Fields. <laughs> Justin Fields. Did, did he get, guy did he get benched like midway through the year last year? Uh, no, I think the other way around. Like he came oh, in halfway through the year. But 
Um, they had a guy from Chicago come on WEI yesterday, and he was like, like, oh yeah, how was Justin Fields? And he's like, it, it's not going like we thought. Um, he's like, we're trying to talk ourselves into it. Like, like Bears fans are really trying to talk ourselves into it. But he goes, I just keep watching and I keep thinking, what, what's going on? Like, what are we, what are we seeing here? Um, so maybe he's wrong, but like, he was like a Chicago insider, and it was just, it was a mess. He was like, I, whatever you do, he's like, uh, I saw a bet that um, between us and Atlanta on who scores the least amount of points, and I'm betting on us. <laughs> it was that bad. I mean, yeah, I think the first two, well, not two, but it's Rogers, obviously. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely Rogers. Yeah. I was just fucking around. Uh, running back, I gotta imagine running back wide receiver is pretty easy in this division, right? No, running. Well, I mean, no, running back I is think, loaded. I mean, I no, think it, it is. It is I loaded. Think it's Jones. There you go. So I think I'm there's five. Jones. I think Dylan. My is just an animal. Like I love AJ Dillon. But I, I will I'm go. A big, I like. I'm a big fan of DeAndre Swift too. I, yeah, Montgomery is no no slouch no. either. No, listen, I wasn't saying that there was a bunch of bums. I just thought right. Dalvin Cook was like head and shoulders. No, no, no. no I, I, I like head Jones. Shoulders, but I, I thought he thought he was the best by far. The thing know? I like. The thing my my argument for Jones. Is I think he's such a good patch pass catcher out of the backfield. He's just a little more dynamic as yeah. Cook. I mean, I think as a pure runner, it's it's probably Dalvin. But I just mm-hmm. think the overall game of Jones, I think, to me, pushes him a little bit ahead. Mm-hmm. I even have – I mean, I think Dalvin Cook's just as good as a receiver. I don't think he'll put up nearly the numbers that, that Jones puts up receiving-wise. But I, I, you just asked me who the number one receiver is in Green Bay, and I think it's going to be fucking Aaron Jones. I'm not even shitting you. I, I think that A.J. Dillon moves to that – power back guy and he moves like a lot of slot move him around kind of like what Devo Samuel does yeah yeah oh wide receiver is probably not a conversation no all right then we'll just say Jefferson and skip it let's go to tight end Hawkinson that's what I have too Hawkinson that's a pretty rough tight end division yeah, um, so it it's kind of crazy may, when you get a Jared yeah. Goff guy. Who the who is Chicago? Oh, uh, the guy from Notre Dame. No, I'll go. I'll go Hawkinson too. And it may not be fantasy wise because I do like uh, the guy from Green Bay. Tanyan. Robert Tanyan, because I think he just like Rogers. Like I could I can see him just feeding that fucking guy in the red zone. From so we might get a lot of catches, but I think just Good. like an overall player, I think it's Hawkinson. Yeah. Yep. O line, I took the Packers. Have to. They just yeah. slug beers all the yeah. time. Have to. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking awesome. Yeah. I don't know how you say his name. Bakatiari. How do you say his David? Yeah. Is he out for a while? I don't know. Uh, he's had some knee procedures. I don't know what he's out for, but yeah, yeah. yeah. He he's had some good videos where I think they've been at like a, I think it was at the Bucks game maybe. A lot of Bucks yeah. games, yeah. And he was just slamming them. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, you guys all take Tacker's best O line, yeah. 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 Defense. I think this is a bad defensive division. I think last year I think it was obvious with the Packers. I might surprise some people. I think Detroit might have the best defense in this division next year. They added Hutchinson. 
They added they they still have they got the Aquara brothers. They have uh, Oduka, the kid from the corner from Oklahoma State. I think Campbell just kind of brings like this like I don't know. I maybe I'm just like overhyping the difference like Hutchinson can make in a defense, but I just I don't think it's a good defensive division. I I don't think any of them stand out. So I'm gonna go off the board a little bit, and I am gonna go with the Lions. I picked the Bears. Uh, I think Rokon Smith's nasty. Robert Quinn had like 18 and a half sacks last year. And for some reason to me, maybe I'm just still living in Brian Urlacher days. I just always think the Bears have a fucking nasty defense. So I'm probably wrong. But I think I looked at numbers and they had decent year number wise too last year. So I will. Uh, and I'm going with the Packers because um, I just think they still have a lot of really good players. They have Rashawn Gary, who's been a pro bowler. Jer, Alex- Jer Alexander, who's a pro bowler. Darnell Savage, who's a pro bowler. Adrian Amos, who's a ex-pro bowler. So like their whole defensive backs uh eric stokes who's one of the fastest guys in the nfl and, and came along last year then their first round pick was quay walker out of georgia um and then they added Devontae campbell who is one of the most underrated linebackers in the nfl so i i actually think it's one of the best defenses in the nfl they heard it it's a lot of names that like i feel like you don't really know like household wise but like they are really good is the NFL kind of like the NBA where like half the half the league makes the Pro Bowl because people back out of it? Kind of. So like to me, making Pro Bowl is not that like big of an accomplishment. Well, it's silly. Like for me, obviously, it's an accomplishment. But like for NFL players, like do they really like take pride in making the Pro Bowl or do they make, take more pride in like winning like an all pro team, you know? Yeah. Know what I mean? I would imagine all pro. Well, yeah, definitely. They, they would definitely rather be all pro than all than a Pro Bowl for sure. But I just, I didn't know if like pro bowlers are like something to brag about. I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to the West. Easily the best division in the conference. Not yeah. even close. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. Well, you know what's weird about the NFL though is like going into this season we think they are right. Right. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. But the NFL is so good with like just random teams like all of a sudden sucking, random teams all of a sudden being good. So on paper, no doubt, and last year, no doubt, this is the best division. It probably could be the best division in football too. So, but all right, let's get with it. The best teams, the Rams. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think until you're knocked off, I think you they can obviously take that. So. Yeah. And they apparently are the only team in the NFL that doesn't have a salary cap, too. So I know it does not even make sense. Man. I don't know what they're doing over there. Like, how the out. hell did that team from last year add Bobby Wagner? Like, I, I just can't even fathom it. It doesn't make sense. All right. So let's let's go down the list. I think I don't know if we've been skipping some of these other ones, but I feel like this is a good one to, like, go down and, like. Because I think I think the top three teams, other than the Seahawks, could all like flirt with winning this division. Right. Yes, yeah. No the doubt. Seahawks have the Seahawks have Drew Locke as their quarterback. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I have I have San Francisco as the second best team in this division. I don't love the quarterback situation, but I also think Shanahan can get away with not having a great quarterback, um, because of that that run scheme he has. 
Um, they still have, obviously they have Debo, they have Kittle. So I think their lack of somewhat talent at quarterback can be um, disguised a little bit with some of the weapons they have. And the difference to me between San Francisco, big, huge, big difference is I think Shanahan is 10 times a coach Cliff uh, Kingsbury is. I'm not a fan of him. I actually, I wrote in my notes, I said, I think Arizona is going to start out six and zero, and they'll finish nine and eight. They just fucking, they never adjust. I just, I don't know. I'm not a Kingsbury fan, so I think San Francisco's the second best team in the division. Once that Call of Duty drops, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler's, yeah. Shit, I I went Cardinals two, Niners three. That's what I went. It's the same thing as last year. It's I went the yeah. I did. I I I think uh, San Fran is the second best team. Did did last year though? Did San Francisco surprise you guys? Did you think they were that good? When, during the season when it was going I on? I thought Debo Samuel surprised um, and, and like literally put the team, the offense on his back. Yeah. I mean, because Kittle, Sam- Kittle kind of sucked. And I mean, Eli Mitchell, he came along pretty good, but he got hurt. So, I mean, it was like Debo, Debo show. Like their defense me, is always. To me, like their record all year was surprising me. And then like playoffs happened. And I was expecting them to be a first-round exit, and then they won, and then they won the next round, and they make it to the NFC Championship, and they finally, like, lost, obviously, because they met a fucking bulldozer. But, like, the entire season, they were surprising me. I, 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 and that's just maybe on me for underestimating them the entire year, but and maybe I'm still doing that now. But I don't know. I don't know what it is about them. Well, they're not fancy, but there's nothing fancy about them. I mean, they... They kind of pound the rock, and then they, you know, they, if they need a quarterback to like manage a game, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I'm not overly high on Trey Lance at least now, and Jimmy G. Well, I think we know what the fuck he is at this point. Is he still on the team? Yeah, but he, They'd, I mean, he isn't even practicing. I don't think they're just going with Trey Lance now, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right, best quarterback. It's I think it's Stafford. Me too. I'll go Kyler. I are you saying Kyler fantasy wise or Kyler like actual NFL quarterback? That's where I'm like caught up in is that I've always been a big Kyler guy, even like out of college. So uh, I feel like he's got a lot of people to prove wrong, even though he got that money. Um, And I think that this year he probably he he probably does. Um, He's got some weapons too: Marquise Brown, AJ Green, Hopkins. I know he's suspended for a little bit, but. He's got some Zach Ertz. He's got some serious weapons. Yeah, I think with I think with Cam Akers back in LA, I think that LA runs the ball a little bit more. Like you, you just the chances of like hitting wide receivers over the middle, over the middle, over the middle. You're finally gonna get one hurt, and like I mean, it happened with uh, Odell last year. But like you don't want to get Cooper Cup hurt, so you've got to find another way to like use your. They got they got a boatload of running backs, so they get to use them. So I, I would go Kyler has the biggest year, and he's got his feet. What? What's what's uh what team is Odell on now? He's, he's still a free, free agent. agent. Oh, he still is. Yeah. He's still recovering from his from the. Oh, we get hurt. Uh, That's right. Tendon, right. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, like I would wait until like halfway through the year when someone's like going for a playoff run and like someone gets hurt, like what a time to fill in. Yeah, that's right. Okay. 
I feel like Allen Robinson. I mean, Cooper Cup's obviously going to eat, but I feel like Allen Robinson's going to eat with Stafford too. Me too. I think, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good to like to lose Odell and get Allen Robinson right there. So, I think running backs interesting in this division. It is. I do too. I don't think there's any like buddy that's clear. I think this could easily be one we the each of us have somebody different. Mm-hmm. I'll start off. I have nothing to back this up. Um, I'm going James Conner. I don't know. Maybe teams get get focused on Kyler and he gets running room. I feel like he was decent in Pittsburgh, but um, I feel like there's no one that really stands out to me in this division. So I just went out with the guy who's probably had the best season overall in the last five years. So I'll take Conner. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take, and I only think it's because it's like out of necessity because their quarterback is dog shit. I'm gonna take Rashad Penny, and I just think that Seattle's gonna have to pound the football because their quarterback is fucking dog shit. So uh, I'm going to take Penny to have a, a, a pretty big year. So, I mean, obviously health factors in, but I think he's going to be leaned on quite heavily in that Seattle offense this year. My, this is cool because my number one guy from the beginning is Eli Mitchell. Uh, he's got four, three speed. Um, he runs hard. He runs downhill. And then if he has that hole, he can turn it into a, a you know eighty yards. But I also think like playing in San Francisco in that scheme, he's gonna he's gonna eat. Uh, he's gonna get plenty of fair touches, and then they're gonna use Debo in motion. They're gonna mix like they're gonna do a lot of different ways to get him some open holes. So uh, I think that I've also read that like they're not gonna they're gonna use running back by committee, which I don't believe Shanahan one bit. Like. He just says shit to like say shit, I think. And but like last year it was like, oh yeah, we have all these running backs, and then they, no one even heard of him. He like they didn't even play him in preseason. And then week one, he went out for like 120 yards. It was like, whoa, who's this guy? Yeah. Yep. Uh, wide receiver. Some pretty big wide receivers in this division. I have the biggest crush on Debo Samuel. I'm taking him number one. Like I love, I love him to death. Yeah, I. He also was on my fantasy team last year, so maybe that's part of it, but I love him to death. I mean, I'm uh, taking I'm taking cop. Yeah, I'm with you. I didn't I even mean, I like totally forgot about him. It's obviously cop. Okay. It's definitely say, it's like one he, million percent cop. But I just he, wanted to get out there that I do have a crush on Debo. Uh but it is one hundred percent cop. Totally forgot about you him. You could I mean, was, you could legitimately make an argument for a guy on every single team. Really. Yes, you could. Yeah. With DK and then D Hop. Um, Hopkins was suspended six games, but yeah, you but could. But no, I think it's I think it's Cup. Yeah. I, I mean, last year Cup was obviously flirting with a lot of records. Uh, like it's kind of shitty, I think, record-wise because like with the extra game they play now, I I not really. I hate when I hate when the leagues are have been so yeah. consistent with games, and then they want to change something on the number of games played. Like major league has wanted to shorten it. It's like, well, if major league shortens it, then no records ever gonna be broken. Uh, NBA might shorten things. It's like, well, NBA always has averages, so it's different. But like NFL ex- extends it. It's like NFL is going to have records that are going to be broken. Like, did the sack record get broken this year? I can't remember. I thought it was close to someone breaking it this year. I thought someone broke it. No. Oh, TJ Watt tied it. Okay. Yeah. So it's like shit like that. It's like I. That's what I. I hate when they they do it. They it just messes with history. And I think records are so cool. And I think it's so cool when records are broken. And then like. When records get broken now, is it really the same thing? It kind of loses its aura yes. to me. But Cooper Cup had an absolutely legendary season last year, like one of the best of all time. So, mm-hmm. but 
Hopkins is fucking filthy. Debo and, Samuel, I think, could be like the best dual threat. Like he can run, he can fucking catch. So, yeah, pretty awesome. Another guy that's like in the division. I'm pretty sure he's still in the division that I, I always liked is was Tyler Lockett. Um, and I don't know if that's a big difference, but like with, with the Bross being there, but uh, I, I mean, he's not one of the, he's not, he's not in the running to be one of the top guys, but I just, I, I've always been a big fan of Lockett. Mm-hmm. He's had some huge games. Yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's the thing about this division is like, they have a lot of stud wide receivers, but even the number two wide receiver on every team is like still pretty damn good. Yeah. Like I yeah. feel like even Brandon Ayuk on uh, on San Fran's like decent. I feel like he's not a bad yeah. number two to have. So, yep. yeah. Uh, tight end. Kittle. 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 Yeah. Uh, O line. San Fran. I went San Fran as well. I big. I honestly big. have no idea. Big man Trent Williams, left tackle, San Fran. I know it's not Seattle. They always suck. That's why <laughs> that's why Russell's out of there. So uh oh yeah, Trent Williams. Hey, good good enough for me. Yeah. And then defense. Rams. I, it is the Rams, but I, it's crazy too, because I feel like I feel like the 49ers have some pretty nasty pieces. The Cardinals have some pretty nasty yeah. pieces. Seahawks always did. They lost Wagner, that obviously hurts, but uh it's definitely the Rams. Rams are a cheap yeah, I, mean, I feel like. I feel like the Rams, they have the best defensive player in football, and I think they have – you can make an argument that Ramsey might be the best corner in football. I think he's he's definitely one of the biggest D-bags in football, but he's fucking nasty. No doubt. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's I, it's the Rams. And like Cherry said, they added Bobby Wagner too, so that doesn't hurt either. Um, nope, do, you, do you think that Aaron Donald could be the greatest defensive player of all time? Yes. Yes. Like, do you think he's already there, or do you think he needs still more to do? I don't think he has much more to do if he's not. Yeah. I think I think anybody that's like our parents' age, they're gonna be yeah. like, you're fucking nuts. It's LT. Yeah. Or I don't know, maybe they'll go with somebody else. Um, but I think he's he's got to be. He has to be in the conversation. I mean, he gets point. he gets not only double be. teamed, he gets triple teamed a lot of times, like on, on schemes, doesn't he? Yeah, for an and for like an interior guy, it's like easy to double double team him, but it he just beats it. It's it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, he really is unbelievable. There's been more like there's been players that are probably more like game changers, but like consistently every down making like wrecking havoc. Like Ed Reed could change a game in a in a yeah. with one mistake of a throw more than you know what Donald could do, but. Donald is just uh he's just unbelievable. He doesn't wasn't lose. it wasn't it the Super Bowl the last possession the Bengals had, they had to drive the length of the field to score in like every single down yeah. Donald made an impact yes. on it, it seemed like. Yeah, it's like he's he's, he's just a freak. He's a fuck he's a freak. Yeah, he's a freak. Um You guys wanna pick a conference championship now? Or do you wanna wait till we do the AFC one and do all that? Uh, I I certainly could probably figure it out because um, I think I know who my conference champion is going to be, but <laughs> I will wait if you want to wait till we do the AFC. I mean, I can, I can do it. I just – I put it on the bottom of my, my note sheet. It's the Buccaneers, dude. Any bias in that? 
there's a little bit of bias in it, but then it's also just because they have Brady. <laughs> I mean, so. um, who are they? Who are they gonna play? Um, who are they gonna play, dude? It's so fucking corny to say them in the Rams again, dude. So I'm not gonna do it. Um, Eagles. Bucks Eagles NFC I, Championship Bucks win. I have. I have uh, Philly and the Rams, and I think the Rams are getting back. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to be boring, but I like I was like, oh, I'll take – I'm going to take the Bucks, And then when you were like, who are you going to take? Who are they going to play? I was like, oh, maybe I'll take Philly. Um, and then Kev took Philly, and then you took the – so I'll just take Bucks versus Rams. I'm going to go with, you know, Brady because of the guy we didn't mention – and I've told you guys this from the day they signed him, Julio Jones is going to be a monster this year. I hope, man. I hope. I hope so, too. I hope, I hope they so. give him, like, fucking rest days and stuff because he's going to need it because that motherfucker cannot stay <laughs> in the field. So <laughs> That's true. But when he does, I think he's going to be dynamic, uh, especially getting, like, number threes. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be a monster. Yeah. All right, it's oh, past yep. the goals bedtime. Yes. But it's way past my fucking bedtime. This might be the longest episode we've ever done, too. It might be. Hour and 40. Well, we got to wait for some fucking, some guy who eats dinner at 9 p.m. Well, I got there at 7. <laughs> who the hell, hell eats yeah. You guys live a little. It's summer, bro. Jesus. Um, still, we still got to fucking work tomorrow. It's like it's Saturday. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. If you want to fucking go to dinner at 9 o'clock, move to L.A., you fucking fancy son of a bitch. <laughs> Portland, it's mini L.A. Holy fuck, man. Jesus Portland. Christ. Come down to Portland and get your lobsters. Uh, all right. Holy fuck. Tell us where we fucked up. Let us know where we're wrong, uh, which I'm not. I'm never wrong. Um, Cooper Cup is the best wide receiver in uh, the West. I want to just clear that up. Uh, Julio is going to be the biggest breakout guy. But anyways, uh, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, and uh, subscribe. Please subscribe. Peace. Yeah. Thanks, guys.